Okay, so now we just need an intro. Uh, something like... Friendly sparring with Leo and Joe's. Friendly sparring. The friendliest sparring with Leo and Joe's. Friendly sparring. That's it. Ah, all right, cool. Let's start the show. To the Friendly Sparring Podcast, the podcast where both hosts have gone viral for tweets they didn't really care about. <laughs> My name is Leo. His name is Juice. And I will okay. never make that. Yeah, was like the deliberate <laughs> nature of that feels like you're throwing shade. So message received. <laughs> and I will never say that my name is Juice and also his name is Juice. Never say that ever. But uh Ladies and gentlemen, hey, well, I, went, Leo. I went viral on a tweet that I didn't know was going to go viral. Um, wh- I can already tell because it was oh. it was during the time when the timeline was just on fire. And like I said, you, asked, you were talking about the algorithm and like, okay, I noticed on a lot of my tweets this weekend. Oh, sorry. I'm so sorry, dude. Elon Musk is calling me. Just Shut me. the fuck up. <laughs> I was going to say, I noticed on a lot of my tweets, I was getting like, majority of the replies were from randoms like people that don't follow me like 90 percent of the replies which is always like i fucking hate that like i know it's like you know first world problems or whatever but whatever i like dude it's so annoying um but what i was to say you you texted the uh the group chat the group text that we have with our friends at, like at 700 i thought yeah i thought it was like 800 either yeah. way it was like below a thousand it was like you know, i was like well that's definitely far and above anything you've ever gotten like ever most, before yeah like like you literally got like 54 likes on that spinning wheel kick tweet from ignacio balmunas and you were like i won twitter Next day, I was like, I guess 700 I fucking different man but then it started getting more and like he would text me about it and i would keep checking in and dude like i for some reason i thought the that floyd tweet that i had was like 5500 it was 5218 yeah. yours 5220 two yeah. more so be me what but just like the idea like what's even worse about this is like it started making me like just be really i started to get like introspective about it because it's weird man i think it's it's this weird like it's this gambling um reaction it's similar to like this idea of like winning and like this is how people live their lives like they live their lives off of these these viral tweets or or these likes and at you know at a thousand like instant serotonin yeah at the at the 1000 or 1100 mark i was like whoa and then right when like right as soon as it got to 2000 i was like oh cool 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 and then i was like that's weird like people really really thrive off of this and like i can see how you can get caught up in the idea of like wanting to do it again and stuff like that and the fact that this was such first of all such an off-the-cuff tweet that i anyone would have made that it wasn't even that funny it wasn't like it was just like it was it was pretty good though um, but I just mean like, you know, subjectively, like, I, I don't think it was um, the, one of the funnier tweets. I just remember thinking like, oh, it's just, just, you know, of the time. And what I found the most hilarious is obviously just going back and liking everyone that commented to see like, maybe I can get more. But so many, like at least three people in the comments somehow happened to start mentioning Connor. And I was like, what is happening? Like, why is it already <laughs> happening? Like, come on guys, like ch- chill out. It's, it's all, it's all bullshit, but yeah, no, now, now we're both in, you know, in the 5,000 likes. And at some point, you know, we're going to get to the 10,000 likes. So 
Yeah, eventually. Ro, it's funny that you mentioned, like, Brandon was mentioning Connor, which is so funny to me, too, because I had this thought. Like, it just occurred to me. I was, it, it wasn't exactly an original thought, which is actually kind of where the story is going. Huh? What was she like? What do you, oh, <laughs> T-H-O-T. Uh, yeah, that's what we're calling this episode, Thoughts. Thoughts. Yeah, Thoughts and Prayers. Thoughts that's and my, prayer. that's my, uh, far and away, my favorite wordplay to make. I, I, and I will say I it. Seriously, I totally agree. I like, know. Oh, I have a group chat with like some people that I would do theater with, and they're like, "Guys, man, I'm really bummed about this." And I'll be like, "Oh, thoughts and prayers with the yeah. thots, fucking." And every and everyone's just like everyone's liking it and thumbing. It's the best. Yeah, love it. And for our uh, listeners who have been living under a rock who don't know what thoughts mean, thot is uh, it stands for it's an acronym, um, <laughs> which stands for that hoe over there. Um, literally the dumbest thing but it's a cool sound like oh thought like oh yeah, you're just thotting exactly. it up <laughs> it's really really funny and thoughts and prayers has been one of my favorite probably both the juice and our favorite wordplay and it's funny and so that's the name of this yeah. episode yeah it's the name of this episode thoughts and prayers this episode has no choice but to be good so right fucking starting on a high already um yeah. i i made a tweet i had this uh this T-H-O-U-G-H-T occurred to me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was listening to Ariel Hawani's uh, show that he does with the ringer that's live on Spotify. Uh, and in keeping with our tradition of saying things that are meant to be off mic on the mic, I've been thinking we should look into that, but that's, you know, that's an aside. Uh, <laughs> now, now all alone. It's like inception now, right? Yeah, like, an aside. Yeah. We're going to talk about yeah, that off an mic. An aside to aside. <laughs> Um, we can't talk on mic about it okay yeah um we definitely can't talk about it on mic it just i I don't know if i want to (laughs) god damn it i gotta get to this point um fucking uh with they were talking about the situation because like they started recording pretty much right when charles had missed weight and it was like this whole fucking controversy and i want to say like someone brought up connor and i was like fuck man i was like you know they're gonna get like the, the title is vacant that's like an open door to be like well you know and then Charles fucking sealed the deal uh, with the call out. We'll get. But there. hold on, hold on. We, we gotta we gotta wait because I do want to talk about that because I'm so fucking pissed about it. And anyway, yeah, uh, we'll get there. Uh, so I tweeted out. I was like, "Fuck!" I just realized the UFC is probably gonna give Connor a title shot, which actually doesn't make me that mad, honestly. What what first came to my mind was that like um, our, our homie T Cross, good friend of the show, said that if they ever give Connor a title shot, like unwarranted, basically. I think he meant at all in general, but mostly unwarranted um, all of them would then be he now. would stop watching the ufc and i was like damn it I, I would hate for that to happen but i tweeted it and like i started getting replies from fucking connor fanboys being like oh can't keep his name out of your mouth huh I really, <laughs> i'm like uh bro you're the one that found my tweet like how about you shut the fuck up <laughs> but anyway yeah that was it was just crazy but I, and I, I started tweeting about you know it was so funny the other the other tweet that that got me wild was fucking I tweeted Tracy Cortez versus Meatball Molly is the fight to make. Now I like both of them. Obviously super biased towards Molly, but I like Tracy. Yeah. Uh, you know I was mostly joking like because I don't I don't want that fight. That's like I want to avoid that fight but bro everyone it was super divided. Everyone was hardcore one or the other. No one thought wow this is a competitive fight. Well actually a few were like oh yeah this is the fight to make but no one thought hmm wonder who wins. Everyone was like no, Molly has no fucking wrestling. She gets smashed. Or no, Molly's going to smash Tracy. Like mm-hmm. everyone was so fucking hardcore shitting on the other one. And I was like, damn, 
Yeah. Like, can it just be a, a fun fight to make regardless? Yeah. Like, yeah, oh, was, yeah, let's not make this fight because we know the winner. That's not how fucking matchups work. Yeah, it's true. It's definitely not how it works. But, uh, <laughs> man, so many, so many things to think. So last night's card, let's, let's mm. jump, let's jump in. But mo- mostly, let's just talk about the sheer book, abundance of it all. Don't, yeah, don't book, don't book 15 fights. Don't book 15 fights. I mean, it ended up being 14 because Cowboy got sick. This is what I will say. Actually, book as many fights as you want, but but don't have it be a normal fight card time. Like, have it be like... I was going to say, if you're going to book that many fights, dude, yeah. keep it fucking moving. Like, yeah. if they're, if they're going to book 15 fights, you better have the same start time and end time as an 11 fight card and just fucking... Yeah. Fucking let, have some them. set up two cages. Fuck it. <laughs> Fuck it. Just yeah, simulcast. Simulcast. Yeah, screen. Okay. Yep. You fucking six different commenters. Um, and just go from there. Uh, you know, six judges, 36 refs. Just... That would actually be a great way to move move the pace. You wouldn't have to have them fight at the same time. You would just be like, okay, while the other fight's going on, let's get the other cage ready. <laughs> wouldn't that be so funny? Just like like as you're in the ring fighting someone and all of a sudden like fucking um, uh, just like, you're the best. Someone else's fight music as they're walking. Yeah, like, they're fighting, like, they're like watching someone else do it, like run out to the stage. Oh, be so, like you, you see, hear like, Bruce Buffer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just go from case to case. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that'd be so fucking hilarious. Could you imagine if like all of a sudden you're like like really like about to fight and getting really into the thing and you're sitting down at your stool and all of a sudden on the other cage you just see Tai Tuvasa fucking doing a shoey on the thing and you're like, what the fuck is this? And then he fucking fucking spits it out, it sprays you <laughs> mid-fight. Yeah, you're like, this is weird. Anyways, guys, we're that's how we're gonna you know, wouldn't that be so funny if both the egos of of the of Dana White and uh, who's the who's the owner of um Oh, uh, Ari Emanuel? Bellator, yeah. Wouldn't that be so funny? If oh, oh was, Bellator, Scott Coker. Wouldn't that be funny if both their egos were so big that that's the only way they said, that's our cross-promotion? <laughs> like, it was just a jumbled mess. Yeah. Or they wouldn't right. have their fighters. They would have their fighters fight each other, but they would say, well, we have to have two different cages. Right. Mm, we can find the same building. And, <laughs> and, and both fighters would fight with, there would be different rules for each fighter, which would be like, it is so, like it's just so fucking confusing like the one fucking of the bellator people wear the bellator gloves ufc yeah. wears ufc gloves yeah <laughs> fucking michael c hall is announcing the bellator fighter bruce buffer announces the other one that's yeah, kind yeah. of how they do in boxing actually yeah huh. that'd be a great league that we should start yeah let's definitely start fucking cross promotion league yeah cross promotion fighting the same building yeah oh man leo uh as much as i would love to keep talking about that this this hypothetical situation that we always I love that we always bring up these hypothetical ridiculous situations in these. Of course, dude. That's what sets us apart from all other podcasts. Okay, that and we're the only one that has a forum. <laughs> Are we not? Are we? No. Are we the only one? We're not the only one. We're the original uh, forum. Oh we're, wow. We're we're one of the only true forums. I'll say, but more on. Oh, that yeah, I will say that because everyone has a conversation. Just kidding. We definitely don't have that. It's just me and you answering questions, but. Yeah, it's just dick. Yeah, it's true. It's just pegs. <laughs> um okay geez, let's get to your um your prelim uh um, yes choice, which ended up being yeah. a decision probably 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. You have, there's a, a eleven out of fourteen chance of, it, of you being right that it's a decision, so many decisions. or ten or whatever it was. There was fucking a lot of decisions. But our fights were pretty exciting. So they were. Mine wasn't the most exciting. Like there's definitely more exciting options for me to pick on the prelims. But he has a point. But I specifically want to talk about this before I talk about the fight. I want to talk about Bruce Buffer actually because another like speaking of like tweets that got a certain amount of attention. This one didn't get enough, in my opinion. I agree. Uh, I said Bruce Buffer is fucking dressed like Aladdin if he grew up to be a high class male escort. And dude, there's no denying that. That isn't. I it's an unequivocal, unequivocal, inarguable fact. That should have been a five thousand likes tweet. Yeah, dude. Are you kidding me? That's it's always the fucking ones that you just throw away. Yeah. But anyway. Um, I want to talk about the first fight of the night, Journey Newsom versus Fernie Garcia, mostly because uh, I want to talk some shit. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. First of all, the fight was okay. It was it was pretty good. It was, you know, for the first fight, I was like, okay, it's you know, the bar it wasn't set very high here, guys, but it, it was enjoyable. Right. Uh, Journey Newsom had the most fucking vanilla post-fight interview of all time. It's like, hey. If you're the curtain jerker of the whole fucking thing, if you're the main, you know, the first, the opener of the whole card, mm-hmm. maybe get some more personality. But I digress. I wanted to talk about Safe Sayud doming the fuck out of Fernie Garcia in the corner. Mm. He was like, "Hey, you little bitch, look at me. Shut the fuck up. Hey, I'm talking to you." Like, oh, yeah, I, see I was like, <laughs> "He was like, are you want to lose or win?" Yeah. Yeah. At one point. I'm pretty sure he said, who are you talking to? Who the fuck do you think you're talking to? And I was like, what is happening? Why is he so angry? <laughs> he was like, whose dick is this? Put it in your mouth. He was like, take that, take that mouth guard out. Please. Now let me choke you. I mean, choke him. <laughs> choke, choke your him. opponent. Yeah. Come on, this is codes. This is code language. If you, don't, if, you don't, if you don't go out there in this third round and fucking punch him in the face, I'm going to slap you with my dick right now. It was like, swear to God, I'm gonna tie you up in the back. <laughs> and Fernie Garcia was just like, okay, yeah, yeah. What? He was like, this is normal. This is always what he does. <laughs> yes. And like, no, like I yeah. like Safe Side a lot, dude. And I think he's got a great mind, and his fighters usually do really well. And normally, right. he's pretty calm and level-headed. I was like, man, do you just fucking hate Fernie Garcia? You were like, I don't know why you fucking trained my damn gym anyway, you stupid bitch. God damn. It was like, uh, God, why can't I have a winning fighter on my fucking stable? Like, oh man, it was it was right goddamn now. ridiculous. For that, I'm I'm sort of happy that he that he lost, just because like, hey man, that doesn't fucking work. Like, you can't tell me that works. No. I know coaches like to say like, oh, you don't know the relationship that I have with my father. And I have like, like when uh, Travis Brown fought Fabrizio Verdum at uh, UFC 203, uh, Edmund Tarverdian was berating Travis. And he was like, what are you doing? Come on. Like pleading and like almost crying too. It was so weird. And I remember him going on Ariel's show and being like, I know how to talk to fighter. Go watch this obscure boxing performance that no one saw that was an amateur fight where I coached him to a title and I was very calm. I was like, hey man, just because you have one example of you doing the opposite doesn't mean you're not a piece of shit. Also, I will say um, sometimes like that, that, as a coach, I'm sure that can get like kind of aggressive, like in the sense of like what you think works. 
Mm. And like, if you, you know what I mean? Like, it's like this idea of like, that's how I have to talk to this fighter or that fighter. And it's like, I don't know, man. Yeah. Sometimes you just like, you know, whatever response you believe is going to be it. You know, it's like, I remember, <clears throat> I mean, fucking, what was it? Uh, the, the damn, the Bruce movie, you know? Like, oh my God, dude. I mean, I'll, I mean, terrible example, but I just mean like, yeah, she's getting angry. That's, I was like, dude, like, what are we talking about? Like, that's not a good, I mean, look at Ron, Rhonda's a perfect example of like her aggression is what made her the champion but it was also the biggest downfall that she had like that was the problem is that everyone was just like no that's how she fights the best and that's how she became the champion and then literally that same exact tactic is how she lost fantastically every time after that you know and like yeah. and not only that ronda never went to the second round right like until yeah. holly right so we never really got to see how Edmund corners her, except for that. Like, I don't remember what he said, but I, I do remember. I mean, obviously we we know this already, but like their fucking hubris and and arrogance is what really cost them, like as a team. Because like I remember watching a Gracie breakdown of um, the Cat Zingano fourteen second armbar. I think it was mm-hmm. that one. Pretty sure it was that one. And um, Ronda trained with Henner and Hiron Gracie a little bit. Mm-hmm. and he was in their corner for that fight he, he being henner and they were getting ready to walk out and henner was like should i grab the water should i grab the ice or whatever you know for between rounds mm-hmm. and edmund turned to him and said coach this isn't going a second round or whatever and they like talked about that later as being like like henner wasn't throwing shade you just like and he was right like i was like right right okay obviously- now we can look back on that and see where the fucking well, problem this- was you know that's what i mean is that like it just it that's what eventually led to her downfall for every fight after that too like hollywood like that was like a big example like i remember whenever holly jumped out of the way of that whenever she charged her and like uh, yeah of her knee and everyone was like oh, oh okay really goddamn and she, ridiculous and then when she got kicked in the face and then and then and then when she came back and fought amanda the same thing it's just like she just ran into a brick wall of amanda whooping the shit out of her um so, you know, I mean, like this idea that coaches believe that this this one way is going to work for this, not this fighter, but let me just keep doing this abusive yeah, talk because it's going to get them fired up. It's like, there's a way to kind of make them, there's a way to do it. Just, yeah, like, there, there is. And they didn't do it right. But anyway, um, fight was fine, but I'm happy that you were talking shit on, on him. Um, my... Yeah, I'm trying to see, was there, was there a prelim that I liked better than that other than yours? Because that... That was probably my fucking favorite. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, the the Fialio knockout was fucking great. Was the Tracy Cortez fight was great. Yeah, um, mostly because it's Tracy Cortez. Like you know, other than that, the fight was like just kind of eh. Um, yeah. So my prelim pick is going to be uh, Ariana Carnelosi against Lupe Godinez because, mm. um, first of all, the um, the picture of. Uh, Carnelosi uh has the just the biggest arms in Westland, Oregon. Um <laughs> and um and Lupe yeah, I was surprised they fit in the camera. Yeah. I didn't think the camera was big enough to capture those. And uh Lupe just manhandled her mm. the entire time. And I was and, like, do that to me. Oh, dude, she was whooping ass so amazingly through all all three rounds at first i was like okay i don't know how loopy's gonna do because this woman like everyone kept saying like like um uh, ariani is like really strong and loopy was like turns out she's not stronger than me (laughs) not anywhere near as strong as me um 
and like Ariane Carlos's got the fucking gym strength. Like, oh, I just lifted weights. I, I just did a Loopy's got that functional strength. She's like, oh, what's my strength and conditioning routine? I'm throwing around tires. I'm fucking lifting sacks of potatoes. Like yeah. she's just doing shit like that, like all the time versus yeah, she, she just curling was dominant and, and all every single takedown was like aggressive and really pushing her down and 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 she didn't every, get tired. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a grappling. Not fucking one moment where I was like, oh, she's gassed. No, dude. She was keeping it up and like she was doing vicious elbows every single round and just all the takedowns, slamming her down, throwing her over her shoulder. I was like, dude, this, she's I can't wait to see her fight again and again and again. And I mean, I'll tell you something that uh they if either of them had well, mostly Loopy, if Loopy had fought in the fucking uh the co-main event of the evening she might have fucking won some fucking fights because damn that's oh, bad anyway, dude. but anyway uh i'm i'm really loopy was just just such a star and uh, very humble and like you know you know you love to see the the crowd loving her and her her saying like i'm you know i am the best just nobody knows it yet i mean what a great you know what a great like thing not not to say but but just like to to what a great mentality to have um that doesn't seem it is arrogant, obviously, of course, but it doesn't yeah. seem it because of the way that she's like putting her money where her mouth is. So, and I think she walked out to Como La Flor by Selena. Did she? I was looking. I was looking up because I wanted to know the name of Randy Brown's song. I right. love that fucking song, which that's actually my notes when we get there. Uh huh. Um, yeah. But anyway, um, yeah. Yeah. Lost my train of thought. Oh yeah, Loopy. So any anything anything else to say on the Loopy fight? No, just happy for her um her aggression. And I can't wait to see her fight again. That's that's what I'm and she's definitely a uh I don't know if she'll jump into the rankings, but I'm interested to see where she's where she moves in for straw weight. A fucking man, brother. Well, let's get into the main card because I do want to talk about, I, I mentioned it earlier, Randy Brown, fucking amazing walkout. That's the was the first part of the main card, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Randy Brown versus Chaos Williams. Bro, first of all, I went to bed before the main card last night because I mm-hmm. have to get up at 5.30 for my new shift on Sundays now. So I watched this fight during my shift working from home. Watching this fucking fight at 6 a.m. was like the best like natural caffeine like i was just like holy shit like just getting me all jacked up for this fight i love both guys um and i fucking love randy brown's walkout song i gotta pull up the name because i wrote it down oh that's right because i thought i thought it was called lyrical gangster because it's like i'm the lyrical gangster it's here comes the hot stepper is what it's called yeah murder up fucking amazing and it was a really close fight. I think he edged it out, but you know. Yeah, I think I. Th- I mean, I, that's what I'm saying. I think uh, Dave was even saying that. Um, you know, he he definitely gave it to um to Randy Brown, but I thought Chaos was doing a pretty good amount of stuff, but I guess not. I mean, like, they, yeah, it was, it was really close. close. Like, yeah, Chaos I mean, wobbled Randy a few times, but like, it wasn't like Randy was just volume, in my opinion. It wasn't. It wasn't like he was. You know what I mean? Like. He was hurting chaos too. He was throwing heat as well. Like chaos just has that insane power where if he touches you, 
mm-hmm. we'll have you on like stanky legs which happened at least once yeah um but randy had some good there's some good scrambles in this fight too like like from both guys so you know it was really close i wouldn't mind a rematch not that yeah. it's like you know like whenever a fight is not ran- like it's not for any belts or there's no rankings on the line like fucking um what's it called and people are like oh yeah run it back i'm like why they'll yeah. meet again later on down the line or if they will don't then they don't like you know whatever but i'm just saying like if that happens or whatever i'd love to see it again because it was fucking amazing yeah it was really really high high paced um you know it wasn't high paced uh marisha ruin yes yeah, slow sp versus shogun hua yeah it... <sighs> bro how much does shogun look like a muppet <laughs> he does dude you can't tell me he doesn't i saw a tweet last night that someone, someone said he he looks like he looks like someone impersonating shogun right now yeah yeah um like, like shogun is the kind of guy who would enter uh, uh mauricio shogun who a lookalike contacts and win third place <laughs> yeah it was um it I'm was, gonna find that tweet and quote tweet that. It was such a, a boring fight. It was so boring. Just a bunch of kicks, leg kicks. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, to be honest, like I wasn't expecting. Like whenever, whenever um, OSP doesn't get a finish, mm-hmm. that's how his fights look. Right. And Shogun just isn't putting people away anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. so I was just like, wah, wah. Very. Yeah, I mean, there's not really much to say about it. There really wasn't a lot to, to go. It was boring. <laughs> That's all there is to it. Um, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Uh, let's move into the next fight, which was... Michael Chandler versus Jennifer. Okay. Here's what I wanted to say about this fight, dude. Um, in some ways, it went exactly how I went, or exactly how I thought. In others, it did not. Yeah. Most of the people I heard talk about this fight saying, oh, both guys are super tough. I see this going the distance. And I was like, Michael Chandler is going to knock Tony Ferguson the fuck out, dude. There's no way, like, Michael Chandler hits so hard and Tony is just, like, he's gone. Yeah. But... And then that's in that regard, it went exactly how I thought. But the first round yes. was I was thinking people were right. I was like, holy shit, I was I was underestimating Tony this whole time. And then yeah. I wasn't because you know he got knocked the fuck out by Michael Chandler, but that was fucking wild, bro. What a wild lineup for that kick. Yeah. I mean, it was there was no um that was like like you know, you look at Anderson Anderson Silva's front kick. Um to who was it vitor oh yeah vitor yeah 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 and that one was like just like a straight like to your face kick right like like in your face kick and michael chandler's was like punt like a punted his head yeah Um, and it really did punt him to the the shadow realm and as we know the internet is undefeated so we already have a bunch of memes of uh of tony and and um, Frankie as old men because they look like incredibly old men with feet on their chin. And it's really, really <laughs> funny. Uh, right? But yeah, that first round was uh, was really interesting. Like I said, uh, 
Michael Chandler getting dropped that one time, but uh, I don't know. It was a lot. I mean, Tony was try- trying to be crazy. And then, yeah, I, yeah, that kick was pretty amazing. It was, it was really, really scary. Like, yeah, I mean, like, I mean, Chan, Michael knew like immediately whenever he knocked him out because he like literally had to back up and it, uh, Tony was down for a very long time. Um, but, you know, we'll see. Also, like, John Anik was like, well, that man certainly knows his way around a microphone. And I was like, he doesn't. He's just loud and he does not. <laughs> uh, I I don't know, man. Like, I actually wanted to say, like, as much as I, I like to, to hate on Michael Chandler, that got me fired up. I, I was just, talking about this in one of my group chats too. Like a lot of fighters will, will make these claims like, oh, I'm the most blah, blah, blah at 155 pounds or, or even in the whole roster, they'll say like, make these bold claims. Michael Chandler saying he's the most entertaining lightweight on the planet is like, if not, if not him, then who? I mean, all Oliveira is obviously like, he's great, but like, well, Michael Chandler fights his pure violence. And we got to talk about the whole resume too. Like, it isn't right. like, I mean, Oliveira hasn't really had any boring fights, I would say. Like, at least they're, like, somewhat action. But, like, with Michael Chandler, it's, like, heart-pounding nonstop. Yeah, pretty, fucking yeah, pretty, bell, just... pretty, yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. I guess I guess I just don't like, um, just all the yelling is just a little weird. Just, like, yeah. a little, it's a little, like. Yeah, he could, if, he, if he had a coach on that, he could tone it down. Because it also makes his voice sound weird, too. Yeah, he just sounds weird. And also, it, it, <laughs> if the point was was short and sweet i think it'd be okay but because sometimes the point's long and he's yelling i'm just like okay dude like we get it um but anyway, <laughs> i mean like we'll see i mean everyone's still talking about conor mcgregor and fucking he called conor mcgregor out and fucking said he'll find him at 170 and yeah honors in the gym and then you know there's even worse like you know there's like a drop in a in the conor bucket every fucking four weeks or three you know four to six weeks or eight now and then it's just like oh he's training or he'll do like some you know you're just like come on dude i don't even give a sh- i don't give a shit like fuck them the money fight the easy payday is is great for either chandler or Oliveira, which is you know something we'll, we'll talk about later but i don't know it this let's someone's gonna end this whole connor thing it won't end for a while but I, I, it won't end yeah. for it won't end this is how i put it it won't end for at least another two losses he has to lose two more times in order for us to for everyone to be like oh okay that's enough because after two losses there i think the ufc is going to be like well we're not going to pay you as much and then he's going to like whatever i'm out see you guys around so that is that but moving on from that uh the co-main not a lot yeah. to say about this fight yeah we can skip it no i'm just kidding we, we we gotta say a little something about it but dude i was talking about uh i was talking about it in, the, in the group chat again and i think it was goon who was like it was historically bad and i was yeah. like yeah yeah that i agree with i mean it really just was like nothing and i heard people talking about it too like this is one thing where i, I sell I'm, I'm glad that i i watched it in the morning because that would have fucking put me to sleep last night. I would not have caught the fucking main event. No, dude. And and it's just so frustrating. Joe during the post was like he couldn't even not say that they weren't doing anything. He just during the entire post was like, 
what did you think was happening? Like when there was so little going on, like he, he was really like every question. And she was like, yeah, you know, you just gotta have a good game plan. And everyone was like, game plan. <laughs> I think Carla is because her style already isn't that fan friendly. She is so blissfully unaware of how bad that fight was. Yeah. She's like, you know, you don't want to be fight like that, but you got to get the W and I walked away with the W and you're like, did you walk away with the W? Yeah. Here's the thing. I hate, and I hate the phrase, oh, you got to beat the champ to be the champ or whatever. Mm-hmm. But in that moment, I was thinking, because I, I didn't get the results of this one spoiled for me. I think the main event was the only one that was spoiled. Mm-hmm. I was like, are they going to give it to Rose just because she's the champ? Because, like, I got to say, you could have scored just about all of those rounds 10-10. If they had said it was, if they had fucked around and said it was a draw, I would have been like, yeah, okay, I agree. And here's the thing if you're doing pride rules, judging the whole fight rather than round by round, it probably was a draw. Like, there was nothing about that fight where I I go, hmm, Carla really wanted this. And there was nothing about Rose's performance that made me go, wow, she really doesn't want to lose her belt. She really wants to avenge this loss. If anything, she was gun shy. Like, going into this, Rose was like uh she was undefeated in rematches but to my knowledge it was all rematches that she had already won the first fight i think for me um just like seeing her like you know say like i'm the best again like running to the to the cage doing that and i was like this is so what a weird gimmick Um, yeah what a weird gimmick and what a weird fucking celebration when the last Second, okay, Rose got that last takedown at the end of the fifth round. I was like, okay, where was this? And then gets up and like puffs her chest out. And like, I was like, baby, you did nothing. Like, what was that? It was, it was a bad fight. I mean, like, that's what's even, you know, worse. Like, if, if the fight had looked like the, the loopy fight, I think people would have been like, oh, that's pretty good. Like, you know, like, as far as like, let's say if Carla was like wrestling her to the ground um constantly but that isn't what happened nobody fucking cared dude did you see jessica andraji talking so much shit yeah she said i'm you're the most boring fighter i can't wait to fucking rip your head off yeah she was like i'm gonna take advantage of the fact that you haven't blocked me (laughs) oh it's such a good way to say it i mean like yeah just first of all like just because the way that those two girls fought jessica whooped the shit out of both of them easy so yeah at, at the same time yeah. So we don't know what's, I don't know what's going to happen there. Um, like, what are we, like, what, what are we talking about? Rematch? Like, no, yes. Uh, no, like, obviously not. Like, it's hard to say. It's hard. Like, what do you. It, it is hard because Rose has had to do an immediate rematch every time she won the belt. Uh-huh. Like, she beat Joanna and Joanna got an immediate rematch. She beat Zhang Weili, and Zhang Weili got an immediate rematch. Mm -hmm. So if they don't give Rose an immediate rematch, it's kind of like, but at the same time, like my stance on immediate rematches in general, and like in this case, like forgetting what I just said, I'd be like, no, just come, just win another one, you'll get another shot. Like, don't let's not do an immediate rematch. Yeah, I think it has to do with like the fact that it was like close or like very competitive, and this was very competitive in the most. They were com- they were competing for. To me, it was very uncompetitive in the sense that no one was com- 
competitive with themselves. Saying, like, who, who could be the most boring fighter? They were both competing for that. <laughs> Razor thin. Yeah, and fucking Carla barely won. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's that's the only thing I can think of. Is, that's what that belt represents at this point. Um. So yeah, no bo- boring ass fight. Um. Don't watch it. Uh, but it, the, the broadcast was roasting them. They were like, could you imagine if, like, you Dude. were with friends and, like, had a viewing party and, like, all oh, this co-main events, fireworks, <laughs> and then you showed them? Yeah. DC and Rogan, where they're together, are insufferable, dude. And they will not they will not stick to a track or whatever. They will not stay on track, and they will not hold back anything negative they have to say. No, absolutely It's not. wild. Even in the, like, I, you know, usually in pay-per-views, I watch them at the bar. This one I bought. And, uh, you know, usually when I'm, when I'm watching at the bar, if it's someone who I don't really care about the post-fight interview, I'll leave as soon as the score is announced. I'm like, okay, great. They won. Got it. I'm leaving. Um, this time I obviously watched the whole thing and then they do a little after recap with a like cut to the desk and like for, there's like five minutes of them just like talking about the fights. Uh-huh. Joe was like, yeah, that co-main was really bad. <laughs> like not fucking pulling anything back no absolutely not but you know it led us to the great main event um oh dude goodness man i was happy to because honestly i was worried and like i was picking charles going in but when he missed weight the way he missed weight i was like i wouldn't be surprised if justin gaethje knocks him out and but weirdly enough, you know what's strange is uh, a lot of people were saying that Justin really caught him. And I was like, no, uh, no, that was a part of But if he did, uh, um, uh, Charles is really good at show, like recovering because like everyone was like, oh, man, he fell down to the ground. I was like, yeah, but he like if he got knocked down, like his instincts to go, did you do jujitsu immediately was like it didn't yeah. look um so it, yeah i don't think he was out but I, I think those were legit knockdowns to, okay to, to to your point i think they were legit knockdowns but they weren't like you know i wasn't worried in the sense that i knew justin wasn't going to follow him down and if he did it would be fucking over and how about how about charles fucking knocking him down and then immediately going to the jiu-jitsu that was so nasty yeah, yeah so and like, nasty it's just his his game his ground game is is really next level and and honestly like you know um you know, Habib later was like, you know, him and Chemayev, and I was like, yeah, not Hamzat, um, fucking Islam, Islam. Mahachev. yeah, Mahachev, yeah, Mahachev. Uh, so they're, they're saying, they're saying, like, and I was like, yeah, I mean, let's see, because that actually now that I'm seeing it, like, it's really just to see if if Charles can be can be more slick against strength, because is uh, yeah. Islam stronger is a strong is a strong fighter so it's just to see if if because that's going to be a great ground stuff but i mean charles got some hands got heavy heavy hands like he was fucking knocking motherfucker he knocked michael chandler out he fucking knocked uh justin gaethje down like so you know what it is he's so accurate mm -hmm. he just finds the mark and the timing of it too like he's a real i feel like he's a really good counter striker yeah and he, um, yeah, and, and like I said, his ground game is just no joke. He's just so fast. So that's the thing is like, do you think Islam can tire him out enough to, to kind of wear him down? Or do you think Char- Charles will be just too fast for Islam? You know, like that's the thing. I think 
I think the fact that Charlotte has more tools to win, right, is what makes that fight intriguing. And I do think, you know, like Islam is not Habib in the sense that Habib will just march forward, maybe throw a couple strikes and just get your hands to you. Like Islam will strike with you a little bit. And I think Charles is striking is enough to maybe even catch Islam and make Absolutely. make him force shoot and then fall into a guillotine or something like, mm-hmm. you know, obviously uh, Islam isn't just a wrestler. He's got good submissions, mm-hmm. um, but I don't think he can stand up to, 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 to Charles. But I like, I like that matchup. It, it, it makes the most sense right now. Um, way more than Connor and Charles. Oh, uh, dude, he fucking shot himself in the foot. So mad. So mad about it. But, but then Connor was like, I don't know if I want to go down. And you're like, oh, God, the two people called you on the same night pissed. Yeah. And how about him responding to the, the Michael Chandler uh, call out being like, mm, I feel he is a guy I will fight sometime in the future. And then he said, congratulations on another barnstormer. <laughs> he can't just make up words. <laughs> anyway, he did. So. Barn burner. Yeah. But we got a lot of, uh, but, you know, Charlotte was amazing. Fucking swarmed him, snatched that neck, readjusted, really got him down. Justin ta- tapped just before he went out. I think he went out for like two seconds and then was okay. But, man, that was, he would do to just wrecked him. Yeah, they were saying he like tapped and then went out. Yeah, for two, yeah, for two seconds. It was like very, very quick. But, man. Oof. We'll see. We'll see what happens after this. I really hope Connor doesn't come back for that fight. I, I hope he takes the Chandler fight. That's that's what I would rather have. At yeah. once, what Chandler saying like at one seven, let's do it. I would rather much much rather have that. I don't. I don't need. I don't need him Connor fighting for a belt at all anywhere. You're saying you'd rather at a one seventy. I yeah. I'd, I'd rather him take the the shirt the the Chandler fight. The Chandler offer that that Chandler said, "Let's do it when you're at your best." Whatever he says, he's at his best. Then, then Charles, I would much rather watch that. Him Connor fighting for a belt would be bad. It would be bad for business for everybody. Just leave. At least the excitement of Connor and Chandler, like being in a five round main event, would be acceptable. Acceptable for a main event. But him fighting for a belt would not be acceptable at this point. Just- yeah, dude. You know what's interesting about the the Chandler calling him out at 170 to me is that Michael Chandler is like like obviously a career lightweight. We know this. He was the Bellator lightweight champion for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of off and on, like he had multiple title reigns. Uh, you know where he would like lose and get the belt back, etc. Um, he lost the belt to Brent Primus at Madison Square Garden with a fucking weird ass kick that made his leg wobbly. Like it hit the perennial nerve or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, there was the they were, they were calling it the peroneal nerve, and they were calling it the peroneal. I don't know what it fucking is, but it's like behind the calf. Um, he lost the belt, and then he actually fought someone else. I think he fought like Goiti Yamauchi, mm-hmm. and he was they were saying like, "Oh, Brand is definitely next for you, right?" And he was like, "Yeah, that guy's a fucking part time fighter, bullshit piece of shit." He was just talking shit on Brand. I was like, "Okay, well the guy." technically be you like he did he did walk away with the belt that night um but he was like saying i'm gonna go to 170 look at all the fucking talent we have in 170 built there you got paul daly Roy mcdonald douglas Lee. he started listing all the 170 years i was like you know chandler 170 is interesting like he's smaller he's he's little he's yeah. real little like i don't but he's built like fuck like he'd be like 
like fucking Duran win at 170, you know, with these guys. But there are some winnable fights. Like it would be interesting. Well, what I say was funny to me is I always like, yeah, let's do it at 170. It's against another like lightweight. Right. Again, but you know, he's just trying, everyone's just trying to make their money off of it. So it makes, it makes the most amount of sense. Bro. What if the UFC is like, oh yeah, we like that fight. We don't like it at 170. We don't like it at 155 either. One six five. It's not gonna happen, but yeah. Because they want to fucking put a belt on the line. That's what I'm saying. Like in a in a fucking roundabout way. Man, wouldn't that be? Wouldn't that be? That would be the most UFC thing of all time. Is that they would create the one sixty five division just so Connor could fight for a belt. Exactly. That it would have just as much value as the BMF belt. So it would literally be like. The like oh there's no 165 division there's just the 165 belt like you know what i mean like it's not even it's not even called the 165 pound division it's just called the 165 belt that's all yeah it. exactly what well, they're fighting for the 165 belt well is in the division no no they're just fighting tonight at that weight yeah exactly Fuck. yeah that would be hilarious yeah so that was uh ufc 274 lots yeah. of decisions fine lots of decisions lots of fuckery yeah it was fine it was fine and it's fine it's fine it's fine yeah i think uh yeah last I, five years I wasn't, it wasn't it wasn't super spectacular for me i mean there were some some good fights but 11 i mean to me it, it was pay-per-view worthy at least on paper like carla and rose was obviously a fucking stinker of all stinkers like they said they set women back like 40 years just kidding, just kidding. But definitely, people are like, like it's, on Mother's Day." <laughs> By the way, I did, I did actually I had that thought before record. I was like, you know, let's let's shout out to all the mothers. Um, but I'll, I'll do it after this because I want to do it proper. But um, no, for real, like if if someone was watching M- MMA for the first time and they're watching this fight, and they only saw the main card, so they didn't see like Trace Cortez, Melissa Gatto, or whatever, uh-huh. and, and they were like, "Oh, is this how women fight?" Like they would not be excited for any other women's fights in the future even though there were like other bad male fights like the fucking shogun fight like johnny walker and anyway those, yep. yeah. well, i mean i mean like on the night but yeah absolutely there's obviously way worse male fights than what we got with uh rose and carla mm-hmm. but I, <laughs> well there's a few i will i will, I will t- yeah i would tell you round Round two of the Rose Carla fight might be the worst round in all of the UFC history. Yeah. Pretty bad. Round one was like, uh, you, you, the, yeah. because it's round one, the feel out round, that's the only reason why I'd be like, okay, that might have been it. But because it's a feel out round, it gets a little. Yes. Bit. But round You're right. two of that fight was 100% probably one of the worst rounds I've ever seen. Ever. When, when Hindsight MMA does the Golden Frasberries at the end of this year, that fight is definitely on it for fucking stinker, fucking worst round of the year, worst fight of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, Leo, I think this is about time where we should take a break and when we come yeah. back, we'll get in the forum. Yeah. And we are back. Ladies and gentlemen, the forum starts now. And we got an interesting question 
from our boy Rhino. We play this question right now. Hey, Juicy Fruit Baby and Leo, it's your homie Rhino from the Combat Sports with Rhino podcast. So it was a real up and down card last night. So uh, keeping with our normal theme for asking questions on each other's shows, we're going to go out of the box a little bit. So my man last night, Francisco Trinaldo at 43 years old, put on an outstanding performance beating up uh, Danny Roberts. Now, Andre Arlovsky, we just saw win the other week. Debatable, I agree, but... I thought he won, and he won. Well, I don't know if I thought he won, but <laughs> it was very close, and he won. Then you got my man, Alexi Olenek, all these north of 40 fighters, which, of course, since I am also north of 40, I love seeing a couple of them are even older than me, which is crazy. Um, I just want to hear your guys' thoughts as guys under 40. Do you think it's cool that guy's over 40? Do you think it's kind of lame um, when you watch them compete? I'm kind of curious to see your guys' perspective. So love you guys. Love the show. Can't wait to hear your answer. Talk to you later peace yeah what a great question huh amazing amazing question and i was i i don't think it's lame at all no but i have some thoughts about it go on is that whenever someone over 40 gets a win it's always like hell yeah dude it makes it that much sweeter absolutely but it also makes it that much sad it makes it more bitter on the bittersweet end when they lose right especially depending on how they lose exactly uh, by the way i thought andre won at all like some yeah, people thought too. jake won i was like bro what the fuck did you watch anyway no, we're not getting into that we're, that was last week right um i'm pretty sure we already talked about that already so anyway yeah. like you, th- you think of a guy like andre Arlovsky. and we've said this all, a few times throughout his career where, where we've been like uh he's done yeah. And then he proves us wrong. So it's like, I don't know. Like, you know, obviously everyone has their endpoint. It's different. It's not like you can say, like, as a commission or whatever, you can be like, oh, you're 40, you can't get licensed or whatever. Like, there is a different, you know, everyone's body's different. It's like, you know, that will add to something, ages the miles. But I mean, um, even some of these people like Andre and Alexia Linick, like, they got a lot of miles too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, like I said, it, it it's it's really dependent on how you're looking in those fights, and it's not like I like I don't feel the same way about everyone over forty. Yeah. By the way, you know who I just recently learned is like forty, just turned forty, Holly Holm. Yeah. Like what? Looks great. Kicks ass. Looks great. I fucking tweeted it out when I found that out. I was like, "Hey, Holly Holm is forty. I didn't know that." Someone was like, "And she looks it." I was like. Well, then I fucking can't wait till I get to 40 because she makes it look damn good. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I like, that 40 year old pussy. I mean, I was pretty excited for, I was pretty excited for, um, for Glover when he won. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. So Glover like, especially. You know, what and, and it does like, seem like the, 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 uh, the heavier weight classes, like 205 and heavyweight where they can really have these extended careers. Yeah, I love it. I think it's the best thing ever. And it, it really makes you root for the end. I mean, I was really rooting for Glover to win. And when he won, I was really, it was pretty emotional for me to see because it was really cool to see, especially seeing the story of him get, going all the way up to, to John Jones and then losing. And then everyone's like, well, he's fucking done. And then everyone thinking that. And then all of a sudden, yeah. just coming back and everyone's being like, well, there's no way he's getting past this young buck and then wins the belt. So I love it. I think it's the best yeah and like I, I i get why it's especially 
um, I don't know, poignant for, for guys like Rhino who are in the over 40 club and they're watching them and say, Oh yeah, you're representing for us, you know, older guys. But as a, as a guy, 10 years younger, like I'm 32, uh, I will be in two months. Mm. It gives me something to look forward to. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? So I love it. And it was, I thought it was a great question. Yeah. And definitely check out his spot. Thank you, Rhino for the question. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rhino. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Like he's here. Yeah. He's here. Um, what was I gonna say? No, yeah, he's he's got a good interview with this uh, with this guy named the Mindless Hulk, Dylan something. I feel like his last name starts with an H, it's like Huga or something like that. But his nickname mm-hmm. is the Mindless Hulk, and just like the nickname, he's a meathead. But but a cool guy, interesting interview. Right. And speaking of another cool guy, the next one is from Ty Fly Guy of the Front Kicks and Throat Cuddles. Hey, Juice and Leo, it's Ty from the Front Kicks and Throat Cuddles podcast. Before I answer my question, FKTC is back during International Fight Week. Tell your friends. But my question for you today is, Caitlin Jukagian is going up against Amanda Hebas this weekend. I've noticed that Jukagian's uh, opponents lately have, she's either been fighting around in the flyweight division or as welcome strawweights as is the case of Amanda Hebas. Do you believe that if Jugagian were to win on Saturday that they could entertain a Shevchenko versus Jugagian too? I know it wouldn't be the most interesting fight but she has been the most consistent fighter, one of the most consistent fighters in the flyweight division. Anyways, let me know what you think. Love the show. Catch y'all later. Peace yeah <laughs> yeah i think so i mean like you know you're you're right about that that but but um, well look what just look what just happened you know like yeah carla you know they were like they can they they were entertaining that and 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 carla was being consistent before this point there was no reason why they shouldn't give her and everyone was arguing for it and then look what we got not saying that that's gonna that, happen again. that's a bit different also because carla beat rose and it was so long ago as well that it almost wasn't a factor. It was more so just like how many wins she's getting. Um, right. But to that to that point, to, to my point, what I was thinking, let me pull up, let's see if I can pull up Kaylin's record because when, when, when it's in that situation, when you got finished by the champion, you really kind of got to make it like, you got to make a case for yourself that like, there's no one else in the division that deserves yes. this more than me. Yep. And I'm trying to think if there is anyone else in the division that deserves that. Uh, so she's number two right now. Caitlin is. Um, she since uh, losing to Shevchenko, she beat the sister Antonina, lost mm. to Jessica Andrade, then she beat Cynthia and Viviani. Apparently, lost to Jillian uh, Robertson in, in a grappling match and submission underground, which I don't know why Tapology has it on her MMA record. At least they don't count it towards the overall number because it was confusing the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, unless they do and i'm confused but then she'd be jennifer maia so you know when you think about that she's racked up three wins in a row if she gets a fourth one i say give it to her yeah there's no yeah, yeah. there's no and and all fights are you know change over time and and uh as far as like our opinion of like how they affect the whole landscape of the ufc and like obviously like yesterday i mean i just keep referring back to the the carla and rose fight because it was so like boring but also like it affects the landscape because it's like 
honestly, what you think after a fight like that, I'm not saying that, that, um, yeah, the, you know, Shevchenko and, uh, Chukagian would give that type of fight. Just saying that, like, what your thought goes to is like, well, anyone could whoop the shit out of, out of Carla or Rose after something like that. You're just yeah. like anybody, like Andras, fucking Loopy, because I love her. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I just mean like, so, yeah, I think four wins definitely garners because I don't even, what, Carla was on five at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes. Fucking A. Great question, Ty. And he's got one more, actually. So let's get to that. Hey, Jason Leo, it's Ty again. I just thought of another question. With last night's fights, I'm so gutted for Tony Ferguson because he was doing so well up until that brutal front kick to the face knockout. So my question for you is, what's next for Tony Ferguson? Um, I really don't want to see him retire, but after seeing all this, it might be tough to, you know, argue that claim. I honestly think he should probably get someone like maybe somewhere in the 10-15 range just to get his... um, Sorry, trying to think. Trying to get his um, get back to a winning streak, if possible, which I hope he can. Um, but yeah, let me know what you think about Tony Ferguson, and I'll see you guys later. Forget what ranked opponent he's going to fight next. What organization is he going to fight in next? You think they're because he's out? he's on a four fight skid. People have been cut for less, and he's been talking a whole bunch of shit on the UFC. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. And by the way, I agree with everything he's saying. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, it doesn't need to be said. He definitely needs to be saying that shit. More fighters need to be saying that shit. Absolutely. But you just think that it's. Yeah. Oh, and it wouldn't surprise me at all. It would be the least shocking, like him and Yoel Romero. Like mm-hmm. everyone was like, Oh my God, they cut you well. I was like, yes. Cause he fucking sucks. And he was on a two fight win streak and he's a piece of shit, dude. Like anyway, I think Tony deserves a little bit more grace, but I think you're right. I think, oh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, it's a good question, and you're right. They've been people have been cut for less, so um, yeah. And I mean, like as far as far as like the, the his stock, like he's losing to the the cream of the crop. It's not like he's losing to bums, you know. He's he lost to Justin Gaethje, who fucking tears through everyone that isn't a champion. He fucking lost to Benil, who's on a tear. Charles, who is the champion now. And now yep. Michael, who fought for a title and has been a, a champion in Bellator, he's not losing to bumps. Yeah, you know so what I mean, so he would make a great addition to the PFL roster. Yeah, I agree. I think I think PFL is probably his best bet. He could be a really big star there. Uh, he's still got a little bit left. No in one, him. no one is a star in PFL, but Kayla Harrison and anyone that was already a star, because they don't promote their athletes enough, and their format is boring as hell, dude. Right. Um, so I was joking about PFL. I think you should go to Bellator, to be honest. I think you should go to PFL. Or one. No, you know what fucking sucks about PFL? No elbows, dude. That's half of Tony's game. Good point. Oh, that, oh really? No elbows? Yeah. Because I think it's because of the tournament format. They don't want people cut up and, like, you know, they don't want fights lost that way. Mm. Sometimes they have to fight twice in a night in the finale. Okay. Yeah. So then, yeah, just put them, uh, you know, let them fight in a KFC parking lot. <laughs> Imagine on. if it was UFC and they just inverted the U. <laughs> They'd be like, uh, oh, NFC. Okay, yeah, National <laughs> Football Conference. Yeah. 
Yeah, National Football Conference. Yeah, he should fight for the National Football Conference. Sounds like Tony. Which is American football, by the way, not soccer. <laughs> My hate ass. Yeah. <laughs> but thank you, Ty, for those questions. And check out the Front Kicks and Throat Cuddles podcast when they return in July, International Fight Week. Or International Fight Day, depending on who you depending are. Depending on how you look at it. Depending on what that week's supposed to have. So we'll see. Yeah. But that fight card does look pretty good. So hopefully there's another one that's smaller and better on it. Yeah. <laughs> I think they already announced it. Did, aren't they doing that like... That, that fan X. Right. Yeah, something like that. They're doing some sort of thing that's going to be a part of it. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, but by the way, speaking of which, I mentioned, I think when we talked about it last week or, or sometime recently on the podcast, that typically they do like the Ultimate Fighter finale. Have you watched any of the new season, Leo? Oh. There's only one episode. Uh, yeah. By the way, you don't need to watch it. Um, I'll watch it on behalf of us, on right. behalf of the show. Mostly because it's like a train wreck. I can't look away. Like I was like talking to this, uh, to Smart Dan 51, the MMA philosopher. I don't think he listens to the show anymore. Has it in a really long time. But he was mm-hmm. tweeting. He was like, "Who even watches Tough anymore?" And I was like, "Uh, me, <laughs> mostly because I always will." Like, mostly because train wreck. You know, yeah, mostly because train wreck. And I like, I like a good, I like some good drama. Uh huh. There isn't a ton of it. I mean, definitely Julia, uh, Juliana, and Amanda are talking shit. Um, and also Usman's brother is on there. He's a heavyweight. Oh, really? Uh, Mohamed Usman, yeah. And he's fighting this guy whose name isn't Stipe, but it's, it's spelled similarly. Mm. And there, or that might be his last name or something. And the guy was like, yeah, I was, I was matched up against Usman three years ago. And he fucking pulled out. And three weeks later, fought a bum. He's not interested in this smoke. He only wants to fight bums. Whatever. The guy was talking mad shit. And I was like, hell yeah, let's get this fight. Like... This is great. And the first the first fight was this heavyweights that was uh this like Polynesian guy that beat the shit out of this like corn-fed Nebraska piece of shit. Mm-hmm. So good, dude. And then the Nebraskan guy was like crying in the back. Yeah, I beat like, I feel like I let everybody down. Well, he did. Like, bro, who who are you letting down? They literally do it like in tough now. The whole format that they started from the like redemption season is like they give the guys a camera and tell them to do like a little vlog or whatever in their hometown. He was like, I think the population sign right now is 294 <laughs> for whatever fucking small ass town in Nebraska. But by the right. way, uh, if any Nebraska listeners are listening, we love Nebraska. I just didn't like this guy. He annoyed the shit out of me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was otherwise exactly what you'd expect from tough like there wasn't anything new but like i said i'll still watch just because like you know it's it's a it's a comfort it's a comfort all right dude this next question is amazing from our boy dave l can't wait oh boy here we go hey guys dave l here and one trend running through that banger of a main event and that absolute genre-defining snooze fest of a co-main was Trevor Whitman and fighters losing their composure? Um, Justin Gaethje obviously got a little too wild, got himself caught and submitted. Credit to Charles for maintaining his composure in that firefight and doing an amazing job. But Rose didn't do anything. And the crazy thing is, anything she tried seemed to be working. Like, when she put her strikes together, they connected. When she went for a takedown, it worked. When she got taken down, she got up immediately. 
So I guess my question is, do you think this is something inherently wrong with Whitman's training style? Or do you think it's on the fighters? Or do you think just in general, every fighter needs a sports psychologist on their team? Um, thanks. Love the show. <laughs> huh. Yeah, what an amazing question. I have some thoughts. Do you have any, do you want to go first or do you want to let you me go it? first? Okay. So to answer your question, I do think every, every major gym, like when you have a certain amount of people fighting in the UFC, uh-huh. needs a sports psychologist. Okay. Like Barnett. And as a matter of fact, just like the UFC has a nutritionist at the PI on staff that anyone can use, they need to have a sports psychologist that anyone can use. Like, mm-hmm. forget that. Uh, but, but as far as like that specific team and the like Trevor women, I don't think Whit- Trevor Whitman's style has anything to do with this. Like he's been in the game for a really long time and he's very good at, at managing fighters. Like I really think like the way he talks to them is great. His corner work is amazing. He's one of very few uh, coaches in the UFC to throw in the towel. Like huh. this is a guy who really cares about his fighters. Huh. And like, I think that was coincidence, but, but, but to talk about the mental aspect, I will say this. First of all, I do think it was prevalent in Rose because of the fact that she lost to Carla. Mm-hmm. Like you could just kind of see it. Like, I don't know if that's for sure, but that's kind of what I'm gleaning from it. Um, and, and with just how close Rose and Gaethje are and the fact that like Gaethje was super emotional when Rose won for the first time, like won, won the bell. I mean, against mm-hmm. Joanna, like the way they the the bond they have seeing her lose even though she didn't get finished or anything like maybe could have fucked him up but i also think that's not giving charles enough credit for being a fucking wrecking machine you know what i mean mm-hmm. like if they fight 10 times i think charles wins nine of them and i think the one is just he gets caught by one of those bombs from gaichi yeah. and d- doesn't isn't able to recover on the ground like that's kind of how I, that was my take. Like once I saw the first round go, like, cause I, I honestly thought Charles was going to be depleted, especially going back to that era Hawani show. I talked about listening, like they, they referenced, and this was a PC Carroll, uh, who's an Irish media member that works for MMA fighting. Now mm-hmm. that's on their staff. He basically was like, he didn't have a drop of water left to lose. He weighed in at one fifty five point five, left an hour or went, went back an hour, came back the same way. So the whole time he was just cooking himself, bro. Yeah. I got so weird. I was like, I, I literally became one of those fans where I was like, he might die. Like, <laughs> I just thought, I just thought like, wow. Like, you know, they say like when you, the reason that you're able to like survive blows to the head is because in between your skull and your brain is a layer of fluid, like cerebral fluid or whatever. Yeah. And when you cut weight, you're depleting that to an mm. extent. And like when you haven't like hydrated en- enough, that's where you're at. And so I was like, this motherfucker is going to get knocked out and it's going to be right. bad. Yeah. And I thought he would be like slow and stuff too, from like his organs. But he was so crisp, dude, the same as yeah. usual. So once I saw that, I was like, oh, Charles winning this fight. Charles is winning this fight. Yeah, I think, I think he, uh, I think you might be right about the whole, the, the Rose taking the effect on, on Gaethje a little bit. I mean, obviously the Gaethje still looks like he was kind of doing the same thing, but Mm. I, I don't know it's a little bit tough for me because of the fact that the the everything is led up to the night of the fight itself like on the yeah. night of they didn't get to a second round you know what i mean like sitting on the on the stool talking about whitman but 
But you did, which we will get to in the in the in or later in the forum with um, f- fucking Pat Barry. Oh, Pat Barry. Yeah. So like you know, like that antithesis as well. Like that's also another thing that that kind of factored into Rose as well because it seemed like they were both giving weird advices, uh, and it's very much like Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. saying advices. So, and now the more I'm analyzing it. I wonder how much of an effect it did have because like hearing you say it, even though you agree with me, I, I actually kind of disagree with myself from two minutes ago to where mm-hmm. I'm thinking, you know what? Like obviously it could have had some effect and we don't, we don't know how right. much we'll never know, but um, it made me feel like Justin maybe is another one of those fighters who kind of chokes in the big moments kind of because mm-hmm. he's forever had this like brawling style. Mm-hmm. And then when he fought, well, he lost to Dustin and Eddie back to back. When he came back after that, it was like James Vick, Barboza, Cowboy. Like the first, he learned to be patient, mm-hmm. and even in the patience, he was getting knockouts. But it wasn't like from this wild brawling. He was learning to pick his shots and find his openings. I think in the Habib fight and the the Oliveira fight, the common thread is that he was kind of going a little bit back to that old style of being a little more wild or rushing in, especially yeah. this night. Like yes. maybe it was one, one thing where he was just like feeling the pressure, especially hometown, right? His parents are there. Like mm. him just being like, Oh fuck, I gotta, you know, go get this belt. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. So I, I don't know. And like, it could, it could be all those things, but to, to Dave's point, a sports psychologist could help with that. Yeah. Like in Rose's case. And then people were saying this, like I saw Amy, uh, our girl, um, Warsmith Wench, tweet tweet out that Rose needs a sports psychologist, and people were like saying, "No, she just needs a psychologist. Like she just she's not a sports therapist. She needs a therapist." And not regular. Like, okay, yeah, but both. Like you know what I mean? <laughs> like it's different. Right, right. Uh, like I obviously I'm not an athlete, but I was in therapy for a year, and mm. although um, one of the things we talked about for a good amount of the sessions was like my creative process mm-hmm. because i originally like when i started when i went to therapy that was the first time i um i stopped doing fwm yeah um well, it was like a few months later and I, I was starting up you know breaking the fourth wall and and doing all this stuff and i was like talking about creative process and then i was talking about acting and how i feel like i'm not good enough and like rejection and things like that and mm-hmm we never talked about like, you know, the actual theater. We just talked about my emotions behind it and how to manage those. Mm-hmm. And from what I've heard about sports psychologists is like, they talk about how to deal with those big moments. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Bisping, I worked with a sports psychologist and I'm like, okay, visualize the walkout, put on the walkout music. Like they'll do tricks to like do the actual thing and what you can do. And so that's kind of separate. Like you're not going to talk to, I mean, you could, but you, you know, when it comes to sports psychologists, you're not going to sit there and do it like a therapy session. Yeah. You're mostly going to talk about the, how to manage your emotions as an athlete. Yeah. So it's different. Like you could, you can do both. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. She, and she probably should do both. Yeah. And, and what a, what a great question. Dave always comes with the fire questions, dude. Yeah. All right, we got one more voice question, Leo. Great. Um, so let me just refresh Anchor to see if any any late ones came in. No. Okay. 
So this next question is from the homie MMA Catfish. Always got to read the transcripts of his. So wild. Hey, Julie. Oh, baby. I know sure people have lots of things to call in and talk about. I had something I thought might be a little bit different. And that is clearly, you know. Actually, the first part, of that's pretty normal. Yeah. <laughs> but the I know sure people was was funny to me. All right. Here is the question. Hey, Julio, baby. I know sure people have lots of things to call in and talk about. I had something I thought might be a little bit different, uh, and that is clearly, you know, well, it seems likely at least that we're going to see fucking Conny McGregor fight Chucky Aulis for a vacant title. I don't even give a shit about whether or not Connie deserves it, as we all know the UFC doesn't fucking care. And to be honest, whatever, it's called prize fighting. It's sports entertainment. And you know what? He gets the draws. So that's actually understandable. However, here is the thing where I think Chucky Olives is fucking up. He is seriously fucking up by saying he wants that fight. What he should be doing is calling for a fight for the vacant title against the number one contender so that he can say, hey, we are the top of the line. We should fight for the title. And then he can say, and hey, after that, fuck it. I'll fight Connie. And the reason for all of this is that because fighting for a vacant lightweight title as a non-champion, he does not get pay-per-view points. He doesn't get his fucking red panty night. He just gets a fucking fight. If he is smart, he takes a fight for the title, he wins the title, and then he fights Connie and gets that fucking payday. I'm out. FMP. Oh, and I don't give a fuck what people say about the scale. He fucking missed weight. He fucking deserved what happened to him because everybody else would have fucking missed weight too. How did fucking Justin Gaethje make weight on the same fucking scale if the scale was the fucking problem? Shut the fuck up, people. I mean, thank you. It's true. We'll get into that a little bit later, obviously, with another question. But, dude, uh, I kind of disagree. So, Dana said he's getting his pay per view points. Okay. And it's not, I mean, a lot of people when they fight Connor negotiate for pay per view points. Right. And the UFC knows that they're going to sell pay per views with that, like well, well more than their 500K minimum, that they'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. Like, it's not outside the realm of possibility for him to, to fight Connor and still get the pay per view points. So I get that. But he brings up an interesting point about the like sports entertainment. I've always hung my hat on that too. Like, People like to talk about divisional merits and, and rankings and like, oh, no, who deserves? What's deserve? This sport doesn't make any fucking sense. It's entertainment. Right. Right. I mean, yeah, if, if someone has like a two-fight losing streak and they give him a title shot, it's like, okay, bro, that's fucking weird. But, you know. He's right. He is right, though. Like, he's like, you know, it is it, it, the, the prize fighting. It, it is like the idea behind this this lore of of conor mcgregor that's just kind of hanging over the ufc for i just realized conor is on a two-fight losing streak so right, that's what i'm saying is that is that that's what i was saying is like i think it, it takes four more i think it takes two more losses for for it to not be beneficial to anyone um mm. to the ufc or to conor um you know because he's already he's already proven his quote-unquote point of being mm-hmm. However long he had the idea that he was the best fighter on on you know in the division in that division, 
he got to get he got re reached the top of that because that's how everyone felt at the time that it was happening. However long it was, you know, was relatively only uh, not even that like maybe what a couple of months that that he really was at that zenith top where it was like wow no, no one's gonna beat this guy, um, and then that that fall has come further down. I think that like I said, just just two more will um, will do it. I think the UFC will be like we're not gonna pay you as much, and Conor will be like well I'm not fighting for anything less, and and we will see the end of that um, that journey for him. So, but you know, we'll, we'll uh, who knows what how the I think contract negotiations are just different with Conor Rigger in general. So yeah. that's what we have to kind of look at. But if that is the case, then I think you're right. I think, you know, him, the number, the number one, number two should fight. Um, so we'll see. We will see. Yeah. If, if I'm a fighter and I think that fight is on the table, I'm not going to not call for it, I guess. Even though I'm mad that he did, I'm like, I get it. Yeah, of course. You know? Yeah. So thank you for your question, Catfish. And uh, we have to move on to the Twitter questions. And uh, before we get to the actual forum, got a got a DM from the homie Brian Piche. And you guys, if you're listening to this right now, once you're done, fire up all this Nintendo. Uh, Brian's uh, podcast with uh, through Game Informer. It is so good, and he had our most recent episode with uh, an interview with um, the former like president of Nintendo America, yeah. Reggie Fizame. I think I think that's how it's pronounced, and it was amazing. Even if you're dude, even if you're not a Nintendo fan, for that episode, you could be interested in business because yeah. he talks about like running a company and like what he did. Like he was like running. He, he was a CEO for Pizza Hut or somebody, or an executive somewhere up there. Like I know he was COO for um, for, for Nintendo of America. Like mm. the the conversation was so fascinating. Yeah. So I loved it. But here here's his question. He says, "Your boy got COVID and can't go anywhere or do anything." So I'm jumping into the forum. Yes. With Dana saying he could see Volkanovski going up to lightweight to try for champ champ status if he beats Max again. Which current champions do you think have the best chance to capture a second belt? Which have the worst chance? I, I mean, Volkanovski adds my picks would be his picks would be Amanda, uh, since we can all imagine her beating Juliana in a rematch if she brings her A game. But uh, don't even want to mention putting Glover in the octagon with Francis. I'm already scared about what Yuri might do to Glover. Well, we already know what Yuri's going to do. We all know that. Yep, uh, we all know that. It's going to be really intense. I mean, granted, I think like, I, I think it was literally in a tent. <sighs> like, Yuri, why, why, why is this fight in a tent? I have to. Yeah. Uh, he's getting crazier and crazier. Did you see the fucking photo of him posting for like the, the, um, whatever the gear he has, the BJ, BJP pen or whatever, whatever the, I don't know, whatever his company is, BJP, I think is what it is. Um, no, I don't know if I saw that. Yeah, dude, his fucking tricep has a tricep. It's fucking insane. <laughs> he's fucking looks tough as fuck. Anyway, he has um, a quadcep. Dude, look at it. It looks like a little, little hanging dick. It's weird. Um, check it out. But anyway, um, like from not from the top of his head, but from his tricep, it looks like he's like a fucking his yeah. tricep is like holding some junk. But anyway, BJP Prohaska. Oh, I look this at, one. 
Yeah, dude, look at that fucking tricep tricep. Look at that little dick on the end of it. He's got a little man, dude. <laughs> a little dick. A little vein popping out. I think yeah. with the one in the back, dude, the one in the back looks exactly like the hematoma that Rory McDonald had on his leg when he fought Douglas Lima when it just will roll up. Dang, dude. Anyway. He's um, going to fucking wreck Glover Teixeira, dude. Uh, anyway. Uh, uh, RIP over 40. Uh, Volkanovski, yeah, I mean, going up to to lightweight i mean that would be cool like him him and charles would be would be pretty fucking sweet hey um max has a win over charlotte Oliveira. what if max beats volk and he says fuck a quadrilogy we've already fought three times yeah i'm gonna go up and challenge charlotte that would be sick wow that Dude, would be holloway fun. versus Oliveira. Book it. I'd obviously be really excited for the Volkanovski fight either yeah, way. I, yeah. You know. If Max, dude, wow, wouldn't that be crazy if that's Max's like final fight is to would be to against Charles, he beats Charles, and then he's champ champ. Woo boy, Max Holloway Ooh. right off into the sunset. That'd be so fucking cool. But anyway, um, who else has a good shot? Uh mm. his his response made me think of another one actually. Uh, so I do agree about Amanda because obviously she's still the featherweight champion, and I think she, if she gets her shit together, she could beat uh, you know Juliana in the rematch. But you know who's already beaten uh, Juliana Pena, and in some people's eyes, beaten Amanda Nunes, Valentina Shevchenko. Right, she has another. Uh, she could beat the shit out of Juliana and has a chance of beating Amanda Nunes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Those are. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Now, those are probably my two picks because Volkanovski did, would would have a great shot at it if he if he wins the. I mean, here he has the belt. It also pains me to say this, but I think Usman could be double champ if he wasn't friends with Izzy. Like, yes. I think that's why. Like the second someone else beats Izzy, like if Jared Cannonier somehow fucking knocks him out, yeah, Get. Usman is like, it's you know what? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> swear to God, dude, he's gonna call him out immediately. Yeah, yeah. But let's hope that doesn't happen because uh, Jared Cannonier is fucking whack. <laughs> as we saw as all the memes are shown of everyone going crazy around him and him fucking queuing on an ear Ugh, anyway brian what a great question yeah great question i always love these hypotheticals yeah all right it. let's pull up the uh the the forum first question is from my girl sandy pants at sandy pants mma she says let's talk about rose let's talk about rose baby Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things. That you know, singing this song regarding her question ah. really kind of messed ah. up at this point. Because the next part of her, because her actual is, and how do we solve a problem like Pat Berry? <laughs> you know what? I have a question with another song. Have you heard that? Uh, have you heard that Dixie Chick song, Earl Had to Die? Or Goodbye, Earl? Yeah, yeah, yes. It's about the fucking, this tells the story of uh, Earl pl- played by Dennis Franz in the video. who's like mm-hmm. an abusive boyfriend and the, the friends of the, of the girlfriend get together and make a plan to fucking kill him. Like basically kidnap him, time and throw him in a fucking lake. Yeah. But goodbye, Earl. Yep. And that's exactly it. How do we solve, how do we solve the problem like Pat Barry? Kill him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No. Oh, how do you sell it? Murder up. Murder. Murder up. 
<laughs> Still love me like that. No, um, I don't know, dude. Like I said, it, that's the that's the that's the thing I was gonna say about the corner, like Pat. Um, Trevor Whitman like sounded like a good coach, and then you just see Pat Barry just being like, "Yeah, you're touching her." You're t-. And then what's even worse is that that leaking into Rose post being like, "I guess people don't like you know good defense." And like what? <laughs> like what do you uh, like the? Yeah, Sandy tweeted out. She's like, "Oh, I guess the judges don't appreciate a good strategy." Mm. I was like, "Hey, strategy isn't in the criteria." <laughs> It's not I mean, like, all in order of effective striking, grappling, aggression, octagon control, strategy in that order. Like it's yeah, not. Yeah, if that was the case, it would be uh, so low. But that's what I mean. It's like if you you hear Trevor trying to to think, but like Pat just being there, being like, "You're doing great." Like it was like, well, no, you're, she wasn't. So figure that out. Yeah, I don't know. I think some people need that positive reinforcement. And that's that's what always makes me sad about this situation. Is like obviously it started really problematic. But it's, they, yeah, it seems worse to come from Pat Barry. You know what I mean? Like yeah, but 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 hear me out a bit, like because it's really unfortunate that it had just such a, a rocky start. And when I say rocky, I mean like illegal, yeah, and, and disgusting. <laughs> like that's what I mean. Like it like started out when she was fucking a teenager but at this, at this point they're adults and they've right. had a history together and like they've okay. been through a lot and she clearly loves him like whether or not it's stockholm syndrome we'll never know unless she does go to get to therapy and they work it out and she fucking leaves him maybe that's you know therapy that's how we solve a problem maybe, like that barry like maybe couples counseling and then also like a lawyer to like- <laughs> a lawyer <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, great question, Sandy. And thank you yeah. so much. I was about to plug like Sandy, like Sandy doesn't have like another contact with the plug. You know, follow her. Obviously, obviously follow her. She, yeah. she tweeted on the shoot like close to 6,000, 5,991. 5, if you guys, if you guys can get Sandy to 6,000 and you send me a screenshot of you following her uh, and, and I get nine of those. And then we confirm that those are the ones that that led to that number. I'll fucking we'll do some wild shit on Patreon. I don't even know. I don't even know what, dude. Yes, we will. Yeah, yeah yes, we will. Fucking TBD, and that's that. All right, moving on. The next question is from Harry Andrew. Harry Andrew ninety four. And I actually went on uh, Harry's podcast, the Pick and Mix podcast, to talk about um, the Fantastic Beasts uh, trilogy, but more specifically the third film. We talked about the other two, two a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. So check that out. It's dropping soon, I would imagine. He says, at what point does the UFC start taking their athletes' health seriously? When will they save their athletes from themselves, i.e. Tony, consistently mangled with his health issues, etc.? Is it going to take a Benoit level event them to take it? Oh, Benoit. Benoit. Like when when someone fucking died. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, and as more as it sounds, it is going to take something drastic we, like that. We've talked we talked about this a bunch of times. We've talked about this for specifically for weight cutting. We said like someone's going to have to die in order for it to change. Yes. Yeah, and, it's unfortunate, and like yeah. that's that's a kind of a proven track record with NCAA wrestling, like. 
Chell Chell Sun talked about this. I want to say he said the year was like 97 or 96 or something. He's like, we had three people die from weight cutting. He was mm-hmm. like, no one else had died before, but that year three people died. You know what they did? Immediately add 10 pounds to every weight class, or like they added 10, like basically, okay, so if you wrestled a 135, you now wrestle one third. They bumped everyone up and they said we're doing same day weigh-ins. Yeah. Immediately took care of the problems. Yep. Like you want you want to fucking get rid of weight cutting. You want to get rid of weight miss issues. You fucking same day weigh-ins, like an hour before. Do it like the morning of the event or whatever. I, I you know I, whatever it is, but basically like okay, you're not fighting until you fucking. I, I you know what I'm trying to say. Yes, like, absolutely. You know. And, yeah, and and it's all of them. It's all every 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 facet of everything. Something catastrophe. Like it has to be a catastrophe every time. Something, some way, in order for that change, which is even fortunate because everyone's crying for yeah. it. Yeah, catastrophe is the catalyst for change. Yeah, which is weird. Mm-hmm. But here we are. Maybe that's the title of this episode. Yeah, maybe. But, but I think no, I saw thoughts of yeah. thoughts of <laughs> Um, but yeah, even even beyond weight cutting, like what to be honest, like what he's saying, like. It, it is it is going to take some drastic because basically at this point like I'm, I'm convinced like dana really only cares about like media perception at this point like you know even when uh like max fought cater and beat the shit out of him he was like someone get this kid to a hospital right away he was like wor- i feel like he was worried about the backlash from the media less so than like his actual safety mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm it's fucked up as that is it just i can't see a reason why they would do it because like they have this mentality of like if it's ain't broke don't if it ain't broke don't fix it even with usada like before they implemented usada whenever they would get asked about like you know people like steroid cheats in the ufc and people doing trt be like well well we, we follow the commissions like they would always right. hang their hat on that they'd always be like oh yeah well we're doing, we're doing what the commissions uh want and then they wanted to package the ufc to sell it so they implemented usada and like hey look now we have this whole thing yeah, so you it's can't, gonna take something you can't get them to care more unless somehow it equals more money somehow and if it doesn't yeah, yeah, unless their bottom line is affected like, yeah exactly yeah one of the two the ufc is business baby yep speaking of business baby next question is from mixed doo-doo monsieur yep. mick he said would you rather fuck Gina Carano or Donald Cerrone? Hey, man. Hey, I responded to him. I was like, Sophie's choice. <laughs> but for real, we got to talk about this this movie that got that uh, the trailer that they that they released. We got to figure out how to do like a live watch on the Patreon somehow. Maybe maybe it's... maybe instead of recording it to be released, because like listening back, it was terrible. Yeah, but maybe we do a Zoom watch along party for. Yeah, we can do something along those lines. Yeah, that'd be a great idea. Like we're just like, okay, everyone watch. You know, I'll get this movie, whatever. It'll be on some streaming service. We'll figure out how to do like a browser extension to to share this because I I talked to my my friend at work who's a, who used to be a teacher. She's like, whenever I would do like you know, Zoom watch along things for like my teaching, I had to. It was all fucking the technical aspect was hard, so we'll figure that out. Yeah. Um, and uh oh yeah but also don't watch it 
<laughs> also, we're gonna watch it, but also I don't recommend anyone watch it. Yeah, I don't know. I all I don't think it's gonna be good, but like it'll be a train wreck that I can't look away from. And uh fucking to answer his question, Nina Carano. Yeah, as as problematic as she is, she's still maybe I can change Gina her. fucking Carano. Yeah, <laughs> I'll fuck the manga right out of her. I don't care. Also blonde now. Know. Yeah. <laughs> Someone tweeted out <laughs> they were like, clearly Gina Gina Carano is under protective custody and they just blew her cover. Because <laughs> she had the, the hat like, pulled down, she yeah. had blonde hair, like yeah. So the I don't know. We'll 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 uh, yeah, still Gina Carano. Yeah, dude. For, first of all, and like I can answer this question because I am into both, but like I would not fuck Donald Cerrone if you paid me. Wow. He is like a fucking wrinkly ass old fucking potato awesome. looking. Yeah. Oh, it's so like like cowboy five years ago, no beard. I'm like, okay. Maybe. But now he looks like he fucking got left out in the sun too long. Because he did. And started sprouting fucking like when you leave a potato on and it starts sprouting the fucking yeah. hairs. If he did, and that's how he made this movie. <laughs> but I will say they couldn't have picked if they're if they're looking for a fighter for that movie could not have picked a better one right so we'll uh, i'm a little i'm sure like if he has other scenes that aren't action scenes his like if he has to deliver a meaningful amount of lines there's not going to be good but the few that were in the trailer this part that was like okay he's not bad yeah you know and like say what you about judy crown like she has been working on her acting for a while and uh you know she really cares about that and like she's been the mandalorian yeah well yeah yeah, train wreck of a movie. So, yeah. Anyway, train wreck of a movie. Oh, god damn, Gina Carano. Okay, thank you, Mick. And uh, next question is from Mark Dubronx at Meep MMA. I you guys should go check out his his blog. Uh, I like the stuff he writes. Um, He's having his pen. I wonder if he's still doing the blog. Um, but I can't can't find it on his uh, profile anymore. But if you do, you know, send me a link and I'll tweet it out because uh, it's good stuff. But he says, even after winning the fight and proving everyone wrong, what's your honest opinion on Oliveira and the whole scale fiasco? Were the UFC right to do to strip him of the title only to see a blowback in their face? Um. I've been hearing some mixed things about the stripping of the title. Like I've been hearing that it's the commission Mm -hmm. and I don't know how much weight that has. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think precedents are important. Like it blowing up in their face, like because Charles won, like, I don't necessarily think that because like they can still sell a bacon title and he's still the main, like, you know, it's not like a situation where the champion retires and so, like, you know, the, there's that whole adage of, like, oh, to be the man, you got to beat the man, and you didn't beat mm-hmm. the man. Like, you know, everyone called DC a paper champ because he never beat John Jones. Like, he was just keeping his belt warm and things like that. Like, mm-hmm. this isn't the case. So as far as that goes, like, whatever title fight they sell, regardless if it's vacant, you know it's for the real, true... Right, exactly. Like, like he baddest has, man at 155. Yeah. So I, I, I think that's valid. And But my thoughts on the fiasco, I thought a couple of things. And I, I tweeted this out. People were fucking crazy. In the past, whenever anyone misses weight, it's like, oh, well, they should really fire their nutritionist. Mm-hmm. Charles misses weight, 
wow, we should really fire that scale guy, huh? Like, <laughs> scale guy. <laughs> like, uh, and they're like, like fucking Bohemia, fucking not Bohemia Diva, but like actually Paulo Costa fucking tweeted. He was like, uh, what did he say, dude? He, he posted a picture uh, or maybe it was a video of the weight miss or whatever. And he was like, mm-hmm. the guy in the black is the fucking villain or whatever. He said like the, right, the right. guy who was wearing the polo from the commission. Mm-hmm. Like everyone was like people were in my comments fucking screenshotting the weights were like oh don't you think it's weird that everyone on the main card was a pound off or, or not a pound off because then they would have missed weight like oh a half pound they were all 0.5 like no no i don't think that's weird it happens all the time and for a non-title fight they have a grace pound so if your weight class is 170 you can weigh yeah, 171 yeah. like yeah. miss me with that shit yeah, absolutely I mean, miss me with that shit i mean and the t is from my homie who was at the event backstage fucking in the fighter hotel that who had someone else on Charles Oliveira's team flipped the scale from pounds to kilograms and then went back and in the flipping back they missed up the calibration so it's 100% not the UFC's fault it's 100% not the commission's fault it's yeah. their fault they fucking yeah. played themselves yeah so as sad as I am for Charles that that happened to him he's still like no I will say, I will say, I'm pretty sure that an investigation is going to go underway because of it. I think because it's, it was set, first of all, it's not, not, and there's, it's too, it's definitely something that can be investigated a little bit, but obviously they've, everyone's made their official statements on it. So I don't know how much further it can go than, than this. Um, but um, it just sucks for Charles Oliveira as far as like title defenses. That's all. Like, and granted, he has missed weight, yeah. what, five or six times before this point. So, yeah, I think uh, this was the six. I think it's been five. Yeah, it's not unnatural for him to, to have this happen. It just sucks that he doesn't get an extra title defense. Yeah, it is. And it said, like, he's missed weight to the point where it was a 145-pound fight. I was talking about this with T-Cross, the Ricardo Lamas fight. He weighed in at 155 for the 145-pound yeah. fight. 10 pounds. Um, but what was I going to say? Um, someone whose opinion I, I respect, um, Eric McCracken, he is uh-huh. a he is a combat sports lawyer. Well, I think that's what he calls his blog or something like that. He's a he's a personal injury lawyer and he does a lot of like brain injuries and a lot of that law is relevant to combat sports and things like that. And he's like a certified judge and things like that. He's really passionate about combat sports. He tweeted out and he wrote an article about it for his website that Arizona's laws, the commission, the laws of the commission state that based on the parameters of these laws what took place on friday was not an official weigh-in and i was like okay dude like at some point you're kind of falling into the conspiracy theories with this like it's not like since when is everyone launching an investigation on a fucking guy who missed weight dude but but he he had one good point this is where people are going to run with this is that apparently with like arizona they have it in their laws that um uh, at least on the commission, that a weigh-in cannot take place more than 24 hours before the event. And because mm-hmm. the UFC does early weigh-ins now, this was more than 24 hours before the event, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting when you think about, like they started early weigh-ins at UFC 199 and every that was like a California thing. And then like everyone else kind of followed suit. By the end of that year, 2016, mm-hmm. everyone was doing early weigh-ins. Hey, how many events have they had in Arizona since then? And no one has cared. Yeah. You know, Gaethje fought Poirier uh, on the Glendo card that we talked about. And uh, no one was like, oh, that weigh-in wasn't real. Right, 
Right. Yeah. It's, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, the UFC, like, as we said before. Like, come time on, time dude. Time. I, I like Charles, too. Yeah. I said if he beats Dustin, he's my guy. Like, I, like he, he's, I give him props as being the number one lightweight, and, and he is, but. Yeah. And he, won, and he won spectacular fashion. So there's no reason to, for us to believe that he's not going to win his next fight in spectacular fashion. But now at this point, because of this weight, you know, he, he has, he's down two title defenses. It would be down two title defenses because this one and then the next one. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, uh, that's that's a, that's a pretty pretty. But you know what's nice about it? His win streak is still active. Uh, yeah. He's he's what he's two three away from being the number one. Um, yeah. So we'll see. We will. See. I will say in the grand scheme of things, like I, I'm I'm a person like yeah, it's principle and rules are rules. Like right. I was not up. I was, it was so shocking that it happened, but I wasn't like up in arms about him being stripped and, and yeah. that sort of thing. Like I'll count this as a title defense in my mind, kind of like, yes. I know he defended, he defended his right to be called the champion and he was successful. I do think he was a little bit like, he was like really fired up in the post interview, which is good, but yeah. he was like, where's my belt? Like, yeah. come on, dude, you know what happened. You know exactly what happened. Right, 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 right. Like yeah. don't fucking, he's like, there's something missing here. Yeah, like, I, think, I think to his argument though of saying like you know everybody knows who the champ is and it's true like you know like that's that is the thing like even if it is a vacant title everybody knows that charles is at the top and that's the case he's not a number one contender he is the champion but whether or not the belt is stripped away from him the reality is that he's the number one lightweight in the world right now yeah exactly As the, like it's not on paper and i understand the fact of the, the point five, but yeah you know what I mean? Like it's like this. He's one hundred fifty-five point five pound champ. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, just for that fight specifically, and that's it. Just like the one sixty-five division, one sixty-five yeah. belt. Yeah, if we can fucking create belts out of thin air like the BMF belt, make a fucking one fifty-five point five belt. Yeah, they should have given that. <laughs> you kidding me? Oh. Fucking love it. Yeah. Uh, all right, last uh, little entry in the forum here is not really a question, but I thought I'd read out because it's making me laugh. It's from Harvey Specter at RM Thanos. Uh, he just responded, friendly sparring. Exactly what the strawweight championship fight was like last night. As I was going to say, it definitely was like a sparring match. I don't know if it was all that friendly. Yeah, but, you know. Yeah, to his point, not a fight. Not a fight, but really just a sparring match. Uh, boy, howdy. All right, well. Um... You know, I was seeing, too, like the problem with that fight. They uh, they were both the fighters like uh, it, it it was a lot like Izzy versus Yoel, mm-hmm. except for Carlo was doing a little bit more than Yoel was because Yoel was a goddamn statue and deserves all the blame for that fight anyway. <laughs> um, Rose fights a lot like Izzy, and I never really noticed it, but like she faints a lot to get you to you know to draw you in and then counter. Right, and they were both doing that. And I was like, oh, dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's just hope we never have to see another fight like that again, but it's the UFC and we know we will. Amen to that. Well, Leo, before we get out of here, let's give our picks for next week's fight card. We got a banger. Um, by that, I mean the main event's pretty interesting to me. And the second fight on there and the third fight. Uh, yeah, and yeah. Fight. Yeah. Fights, yeah. So it should be fucking interesting. Um, Holy shit, dude. Mm-hmm. Louis Smoko versus Davy Grant. Haven't they yeah, fought before? Same. I don't know. I think so. 
Uh, I'm even thinking of Cheeto. Yeah. Who do you have for your first fight? No, they haven't fought before. Why did I think they fought before? That's right. When uh, when David Grant was was in the UFC, I mean he he was never out of the UFC, but he was uh like he had injuries and layoffs. Louis Smolka was at 125 and then had left the UFC. Um, so yeah, the the first fight of the night was is um well the first sort of the main card. Main card, yeah. Jake Hadley versus Alan Nascimento. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Nascimento. Same. And mostly because, well, he's Brazilian. And the yeah. other guy is Aidno uh, British. And he probably doesn't have wrestling. Right. Gonna there you go. Going to get choked out by this Brazilian dude. <laughs> Next up at Lightweight, we got Frank Camacho versus Manuel Torres. Who do you think's got that one? I'm going to go with Camacho. Same, dude. Yeah. Same. Uh, and then uh, the one that our homie Fly Guy, Ty, Ty Fly Guy, is talking about um, Kalen Chukagan versus Amanda Hibas. Who do you got in that? I got Chukagan. Dude, I would love to pick Amanda, but Kalen's, you know, she doesn't lose a lot of fights and she's bigger than Amanda. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to go with Kalen as well. Yeah. They're fighting for the BBC belt. Yeah. Yeah. Both of them. All right. Louis Smoker versus Davy Grant. Ooh, um, I, I, I want Davy Grant to win, but I also want this to be a barn burner. So it better be both. Okay. Both things better happen. Are you going to pick? Da- are you picking? Davey yeah, Grant? I'm picking Davy Grant. Yeah. Okay. But... Me too. I was like, you're like, I want Davy Grant to win. But it better be, a three, but it better be a three round war. I don't want to. I mean, if David Grant wins, but in like in a knockout, like a red amazing knockout. I I, yeah, I think it'll go. I think it'll go the distance, or like like you said, get a, like a late finish. Both guys are so tough. Yeah. And then we got our man uh, Ryan's man versus Ewan Kutilaba. Kutilaba, bro. I hope he fucking rearranges Kutilaba. It's so fucking annoying. Yeah, me too. I want Span to to knock him the fuck out. So we're picking Span. Hell yeah. And, man. and for and Jan um, Mohavich versus Alexander Rakic. Okay, let's talk about DC last night throwing shade on Alexander Rakic, dude. What the fuck was that? I don't know. He I think he just got into the to the um to the Hall of Fame and was like, yeah, fuck it. Can't no one catch me. Yeah, he's like, I got job scared now. I got tenure, motherfucker. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think I think Rockets can is probably going to win, because um, I feel like Yuri and Rockets are like destined to to fight for the belt. Um, See, I think I think Jan is going to beat him. Okay. I think Jan has more tools than Rockets. I, I agree. I would like to see Yuri Rockets so that Yuri can just fucking rearrange uh, Rockets' face. Mm-hmm. But dude, Jan is so good. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he's going to be hungry after losing his title. Mm-hmm. That I just, man. You're picking him. You're picking him. Okay, yeah. All right. So I got I got Rockets for the. Okay. okay. So we're opposed on that. Did we agree on every other fight, though? Yes, we did. Yeah. Nice. Love that for us. And I guess, Leo, there's only one last thing to do is uh, shout out our patrons. 
Yeah, let's do it. While I'm pulling that up, why don't you tell the good people uh, listening where they can follow you? Hey, you guys can follow me at leogh2113 on Instagram and Twitter. And, and Gmail. And Gmail, if you want to send me an email. Like I said, I've already said, send me emails. I don't care. I'll listen to them. I'll listen to the emails. Yeah, listen to I'll them. put them into Google Translate list. Don't okay. <laughs> um, No. So there's that. And um, we'll be back next week, as we always are, usually. Yeah. And uh, you can follow me at Friendly Spar Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can follow us at patreon.com slash friendly sparring. We're doing amazing things over there. So come check that out. Check us out. And here are the lovely people that make that possible. Our patrons. Yeah. And we got a girl, APB, Sandy Pants, Alex from Jersey, T Cross, Fee, Dave L, Jimmy the Drunk, Tricky Dick, Mix the Man, Anonymous, David Everett, Wholesome MMA, Brian Pichet, Dave aka Nobby Buckles, Super Manly Nick, David S, D Crones, Harry Andrew, Cakes and QAR. He became. You know, it's like some people from the Deep South will say Ara. <laughs> he became a preacher at the end of it. Yeah. But I do declare we are these only... all the best. We are only a few weeks away from that fight pick league to be the get yes. to their champion. And I'm thinking, like, you know, first first season, we're kind of dipping our toe. We're like, okay, the winner comes on the show. Second season, put an actual belt on line. We got a beautiful championship belt. It's nice. Third season, I'm like, how are we gonna top it? I don't know. I don't know. I have an idea in mind, but we'll talk about that off mic.